All right. So this is a little bit different than different than normal. Uh, I feel like the Lord wanted me to say to speak something, but uh, He never really gave me what it was He wanted me to say. So uh, I'm going to just step out in faith and trust God that He's got something for us. And I imagine anything that I say this morning will pertain to me also. Uh, so keep that in mind. If it, it, Whatever direction it may go, it's not, uh, it's not directed like I'm, it's, I'm not receiving it. So the scripture that, uh, that, that he led me to is uh, Luke chapter 19. And we're going to start in verse 28. Chapter 19, verse 28 of Luke. It says, And when he had, and when he had thus spoken, he went before uh, ascending up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he was come nigh to uh, Beth, Bethpage, I'm not sure how you say that, but in uh, Bethany, at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in the which at your entering ye shall find a colt tied wherein ye never, never man had set, loose him and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, why do ye loose him? Thus shall ye say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. And when they that were sent went their way and found even as he had said unto them, and as they were loosing the colt, the owners therefore said unto them, why loose ye the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the colt, and they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way, and when he, when he was come nigh, even now at the uh, descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. And when he had come, uh, when he had come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou at least... Uh, at least in this day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, encompass thee around, and keep thee in, uh, keep thee in over, keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children with thee, and they shall leave shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Now this is Jesus heading in, fulfilling the prophecy that he would uh, enter into the kingdom on a cult. Uh, but uh, to look into this, what I, what I uh, am trusting God that he wants, us to, wants me to speak this morning, is that whenever, whenever he came in, 
the disciples began to rejoice and to praise Him and to sing and, and to lift up Jesus' name, to, to, to praise Him in the, in the situation that they was coming because they seen what was being done. They knew Him to be the Lord of glory. They knew Him to be God of the universe. And uh, it says, it goes on down, it says, uh, they said, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They were given Jesus all the praise and glory because they seen Him for who He was. They understood at that moment, they were, whether they actually understood it in their minds or just the spirit was, or the, just the excitement of praise and worship over Christ. But I believe that they were speaking, whether they knew it or not, they were praising and prophesying. That they were giving glory to God uh, because they because Christ had come. But it says, And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. Because they were making this big commotion, praising and worshiping God. This wasn't something that was uh, kind of quiet and mild, but these people were really lifting up their voice, yeah. really shouting, proclaiming that this is the Lord. This is our salvation. This is who's coming to set us free. This is the fulfillment of prophecy. They were screaming this, shouting it, rejoicing in that very thing. And there was a group of people, the people, the Pharisees, the people that were supposed to be the holy people, supposed to be the righteous people, supposed to be the people that knew God, the ones that come to church every Sunday, right? Mm. These are the same people. These people are saying, Master, telling Jesus, say, rebuke your servants. Basically, tell them to be quiet. They're being too loud. They're, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know anything. Be quiet. Simmer down. These were, these were the people that attended every service back in the, in the synagogue. These were the people that were looked at as most holy. The people that whenever you thought about uh, a holy servant of God, you thought of these Pharisees. They met everything that, they, that, uh, that was supposed to be expected of them, but they did not know God. They didn't know, they didn't see what was coming. They didn't see that it was the fulfillment of the prophecy because they were so bound up in how good they was. And, uh, and I made that comment uh, to Michaela a little bit ago, and, and it may have been a little bit shocking, but I, I mentioned that a church is full of people going to hell. Because there are churches, many churches, I'm sure our church is no exception, but there is a lot of churches full of people that don't know God. They just come... And they sit and they look as though they play the part, but they don't actually know who Christ is. They've never actually given themselves over to that. They continue to walk in their own lust. They continue to walk in their own desires. And I, and I feel like God's leading, uh, leading this to, to speak to us that if we find ourselves in a moment, or not in a moment, but in a life that desires the things of this world over God, that desires the things of this world more than the things of God, we do need to examine ourselves. Examine, do we really know Christ? Because the Bible, throughout the Bible, we've talked about it a lot in the past, but throughout the Bible, the Scripture tells us that if we love God, we will keep His commandments. If I'm in Him, He is in me. Christ will live this life through me if I truly know Him truly want to serve Him, truly want to walk with Him. But these uh, Pharisees, that it's the complete uh, contrast here between the disciples and the Pharisees. These disciples were men that should not have known God and yet knew Him anyway. 
And these Pharisees should have known God and had no idea who He was. And that's where we need to, we need to realize is that we can set through, we can do all the motions. We can show up to Sunday school. We can listen to the message. We can show up for service. We can listen to the preacher preach. But we can go through all these motions and never know who Christ is. We can be more focused on the things that we want to do. We can be more focused on the lust that we're consumed with. We can be more focused on our relationships, our jobs, different things that it may be. The things that we enjoy, our hobbies, our sports, whatever it may be, our cell phones, social media, regardless of what it is, we can focus more on it and never know Christ Though we set through every service, yeah. though we set through every teaching, though we set through every prophesying, we set through every worship service and never even knew Jesus walked through. That's what happened right here as these men were standing. Christ was coming through that city. Christ was coming by them Pharisees and they didn't even know it was Jesus. They had no idea. They seen a lot of commotion, but they had no idea that it was Christ. Christ literally walked right past them and they never even knew it. That same thing can happen to us. Don't think that we're something better just because we can read about their failure and then we can point our finger and say, wow, they really messed up. We're just like them. We can become so holy. We can become so righteous in ourselves that we think we've got it figured out and Jesus can come into this room and leave and you'll never even know it. I can think that I, I can come to a point to where I think because I teach a Sunday school class and because I teach youth group that uh, I'm something special and I can watch Christ come in, try to move on somebody, and I can shove Him out the door because it was, I didn't even know it was Jesus. And that's why we must have that relationship. It says there that Jesus said whenever they rebuked or whenever they told Jesus to rebuke His disciples... It says that he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. In this moment, in this, in this life, people who are truly, truly desiring to worship God, truly desiring to know Christ, will praise Him. If they don't, the power of God would be so strong, something will praise God. I mean, I, I don't quite understand it. It says that the stones would immediately cry out. I have no idea what that really means. I can just only imagine how crazy it would be to hear rocks make a noise. Maybe that, I don't know, maybe he was hinting around to an earthquake. I don't know. All I know is that there was so much power in these disciples, that the disciples worshiping Christ in that moment, that had they stopped, the rocks would have replaced them. The rocks would have made the noise. And that's, that is where, that's a relationship with Christ. These men walked with Christ. They knew who Christ was. They desired to know Him. They dropped everything. You've got to understand that these people, uh, it may be hard for you all to understand because you don't, uh, at the time being, you don't have the responsibility of providing for a family or having, uh, having bills and everything else. But you're talking about men that were working a job and Jesus did nothing more than to walk by and say, follow me. And they dropped it in that moment and they went and followed him. That, that is amazing. That is powerful. That is, 
that is something these people wanted to know who this man was. And that's where we need to focus on. Do we know Christ? Do we want to know Him that bad? Well, I'm not saying that we have to drop everything and quit your jobs and, and uh, completely dedicate everything to it. I'm not saying you have to do that in order to know Christ. But I'm saying that if we knew Christ as these men did, we would be willing to drop everything. We would be willing to stand in, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, you all know it, this little uh, small group here is a little bit awkward to get in and to worship God, worship Him loudly, to, to really get in and, and praise the Lord. It, it, there's, a, there's a battle here, there's, there's that struggle here because the enemy does not want us worshiping Christ. He doesn't want these young people, you young people, these teenagers, does not want you worshiping Christ. Because if you was to begin to worship, if He so much has tried to stop you, it would explode in some other form. I'm telling you, if, this, if, this, if you all here would come to know Christ in such a way that you could not even be quieted down by religious people, such a, come to a knowledge of Christ to such a point that you would stand boldly in any situation proclaiming Christ, that this whole church would change. Because there is something about a small group of people or a large group, it doesn't really matter. But there's something about a group of people that really dedicate their life to Christ, that really desire to worship Him, that really desire to know who He is, to walk with Him, to be led by Him, to be moved on, to, on by Him, that will change a community. I'm telling you that it, you may think you're so, uh, so insignificant. You may think that there's only a handful of us in here. You may think that I'm too busy. Let somebody else do it. I picked on Michaela a little bit about uh, referring uh, that woman uh, to us or somebody else that needs a mentor. And I teased her that uh, she needs to minister to her. Well, that is what I would desire. That, that re does require a level of uh, spiritual maturity that I do not necessarily expect out of anybody because it's hard enough for me. But the reality is, is that if we truly knew Christ, we would see somebody in a broken, fallen state and we would proclaim the name of Christ to them. We would see those drug addicts that we come in contact with, that y'all seem to have a lot in school anyway, that you would see those and instead of thinking, man, how horrible a person they are, but weep for them and cry out for them, to pray for them, to seek God after them, to think, man, why? They just need to know Jesus. But the, the sad reality is of, it, of it is, is that just like in that, uh, just like what I'd said about most churches, uh, According to the Bible, not everybody in the church is saved. That's, that's a sad reality that the majority, I wouldn't say majority, but uh, just as a given rule, not everybody in a church is saved. That same aspect applies to this small group of people here. Mm. That same aspect yeah. applies here. Now, just as a general rule, I would say that there's at least a few of us here that do not know Christ. Maybe we all do. I'm not saying you don't. I, I'm not judging nobody. I'm not saying that I've got anything figured out. It may be me, as far as you know. Right? I mean, that, that's the sad reality of it is, is that there may be some in here that don't know Christ. And that is our, uh, our responsibility to minister life to those people. Because Jesus said that He would... That, uh, uh, would that not 
would that all be saved. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Jesus said that He would that all be saved and come uh, to the salvation of God. That's not exactly right, but you get the idea. He wants everybody to be saved. But the sad fact is, is not everybody chooses. Mm. Not everybody chooses Christ. And that's what that struggle that you have day in and day out of choosing Christ is that same struggle that everybody else has that knows Christ. These Pharisees did not know who Christ was. They were bound up in what they was. That they were bound up in their religious actions. They were bound up in what they were capable of doing. And that would you probably would point towards people that are really active in church. Those that are in ministry, doing a lot of things. They can miss Jesus because they're focused on what they're doing. But that's not, that's not uh, I don't believe that that's where we are. I believe where we are is, are we willing to know God enough? Are we willing to drop everything to know who Christ is. But there is a warning that it goes on. It says in uh, verse 41, it says, And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. Now I want us to focus on, whenever he's referring to this city, I want us to look at our church. I want us to look at our youth group. Don't look out there. They're all doing what they need to do. I'm talking about us in here. This, this group of people right here. It says, He wept over that city, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. What he's weeping over is, is and he's saying it in, a, in quite a way that's hard for me to even quite dissect, but what he's saying is, is that this great peace has come and you've completely missed it. You can't see it. It's hid from your eyes because you are completely distracted by the things of this world, by the things of your self-righteousness. Oh, well, I attend every service. That makes me okay. No, you must know Christ. You must have Christ within you. You must have given everything over to Him. And it says, For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, encompass thee round, and keep thee in on every side and they shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee and they shall not leave uh, they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation Christ is simply saying I believe he's speaking to us right now Christ is coming into this church coming into this youth group right now he's walking through this is a warning for us for myself I told you that this this <laughs> I didn't pre plan this at all. I didn't have any of this in mind. This is simply the Word of God being spoken. I Believe it or not, I don't know. I'm not this good. I can't shoot from the hip like this. This is Christ speaking to us this morning. That He is warning us that if we don't come to that point to where we can see Christ coming in here, wanting to fulfill what He has put in us, wanting to fulfill the prophecy that He has begun, that He will save us, if we don't come to the point to where we can see that. It says that the, the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench. Who is your enemy? Who is that enemy? That enemy is Satan. That enemy is wanting to destroy you. Yeah. You will be consumed with sin. You will be consumed with lust. If you do not come to the point that you know Christ, to know Christ to such an extent that you want to praise Him in every moment and every second and of every day throughout your life, that your life literally is praise towards Christ. I'm not talking about walking around constantly with your hands up. 
walking around constantly shouting hallelujah. I'm talking about a life that is focused on Christ. I'm talking about a life that is concerned about the things of God. If we do not see that, we will be given over to the enemy. We will allow that enemy to destroy us. It says that not one stone will be laid upon another. There won't be nothing left of us. We can look at a drug addict, those people that are so strung out, withered away, nothing but skin and bones, and we can think, how did they ever get that? It wasn't they woke up one morning and said, I want to be a tweaker. They gave in a little. And then they gave in a little more. And they gave in a little more. And they gave in a little more till they were to such a point of near death because they were consumed by what they allowed in their life. Does that make sense? We can come to that point that we can blind ourselves. We can be so self-righteous that we think because we come and we sit and we listen that we are okay with Christ. And we can allow a little sin in. And we can allow something that separates us from God. We can allow something between us. And it's, and it's not bad. You didn't wake up one morning thinking, I'm going to turn my back on God. Or I, you didn't wake up one morning that I'm going to be so self-righteous that I can't even know whenever Christ is moving. But it'll be a little bit here. And then it'll be a little more. And it'll be a little more. And a little more. To such a point that you are surrounded. It says that it cast a trench about thee. Compass around thee. You will be blocked on all sides. You will become to a point of hopelessness that you cannot get out of the situation that you're in. That is a danger for each and every one of us. Yeah. We think that how could I? I will. I would never be a drug addict. Well, maybe not, but maybe you'll be. You maybe you'll be consumed with sexual lust. I don't know. Maybe you'll be consumed with gossip. Maybe you'll be consumed with greed. Consumed with the things of this world. It doesn't matter what it is. Sin is sin in the eyes of God. And it will destroy you if you do not come to the point that if, if we, I'm sorry, I'm going to include myself, if we do not come to the point that we can stand boldly and worship God in any situation, yes. that if we can't come to a place with Christ that, that we're even disturbing these self-righteous people thinking, you need to be quiet. You need to calm down. You're a little too crazy. You're a little, you're a little too too much into this Jesus stuff. And then let's get let's just be real with each other. That is our fear, right? That is our fear that we would become so consumed with Christ that our friends, our family would look at us like we're crazy because you know, you don't really need to be that way. Mm. You you don't really need to worship God all the time. You don't really need to give your life over to Jesus. He came just so we can live our life and and, and be saved. No, He wants to perform something in us. He yes. wants us to worship Him. He wants us to glorify Him. He wants us to be about His business and not our own. Yes. And that's the reality of it. And so whenever we realize that, whenever we realize that it's more than just sitting in a pew, that it's more than just uh, making an appearance, more than just going through the motions, then we can really look at the state of the church. We can look at our current state. Do I really love this God that I say I love? Do I really know Christ the way He says I should know Him? Am I just simply going through the motions? Anyway, we have a couple minutes here. Let's, uh, let's take a couple minutes time to pray. If you want to come up and pray, that would be amazing. Uh, otherwise, you can pray where you're at. Pray how you want to. 
go ahead and stand up. Maybe that'll make it easier. Uh, maybe that'll make it a little bit more free. I don't know. But if you don't, uh, don't know what to do, you don't know how to pray, just praise Him. Worship Christ. Give Him glory this morning. Because it's, it's not that you've messed up too much. He's here this morning wanting to begin a work in you or continue a work in you. He's not here to tell you, this, this, this here wasn't to tell you that you've messed up. Wasn't here to tell me that I've messed up too bad. It was redemption. Christ is saying, telling us, listen, He's here this morning. He wouldn't speak this if He was done with you. He's here this morning wanting to correct the situation that you're in. Maybe you're too concerned with the things of this world. This morning can be the change, the turning point. Christ can redeem you. Christ can put us in the right direction. Christ can show us the direction that we should go from this point. We don't have to get right. He will make us right. Right? Does that understand? We don't have to make our lives perfect before He can put us on the right track. We accept, simply by faith accept Him and He will put us on that right track. So if you would... Praise Him, worship Him, whatever you want to do. Thank You, Lord, for this service. Thank You, God, for Your uh, Your Word this morning. We know that it was of You, God, because I, I, I cannot produce what You produce. I cannot do what You've done this morning. I, I don't want to be able to do that. I don't want to be able to do this in my own ability. I want it to be done by Your Spirit. God, we thank You for what You've spoken to us. God, we thank You for Your warning. God, I, I know that, that You are going to do a great work in these teams and, and in myself, Lord. That You are preparing us, God, to make a difference not only in this church, but in this community. That You will receive glory because of us. For whatever reason You have chosen us, You have chosen us to be that example to manifest Your glory, to manifest Your love, to manifest Your grace. You have chosen us. You will perfect that work. You will complete it. We're trusting in You. We're glorifying You this morning. We're giving You all the praise. We're giving You all the glory. God, that You would just help us. That You would give us the boldness. That You would give us the strength. That You would give us the knowledge, the wisdom, and the discernment to walk with You. To, to be what it is that You want us to be. We ask all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen.